You're listening to the Inner Process Podcast with your hosts, Mike Bond and Jason Van Ruler. We're seasoned counselors and friends, and each episode we discuss topics that help us live all around healthier lives. Listen in as we share personal stories, research, and our experiences as therapists. Thank you for joining us. I think we've all been there, right? You're in a situation where you feel stuck. Maybe it's a series of emotions that you feel that you would rather not. Maybe it's a situation that you would like to work through or figure out or get through. But try as you might, you just don't feel like you're making progress. Well, that is what Jason and I talk about in this episode of Getting Unstuck. It's one of those things that I think all of us experience in life. And uh, the good news is that there are things and ways that you can go about the process of moving through those times. And so we talk about that. We thank you guys, as always, for listening. If you don't mind, if you would just leave us a review anywhere that you listen to this podcast. And if you're so inclined, tell a friend or two about the podcast. We're getting the word out about this. And we hope that we are really helpful to as many as we can be. Thank you for listening. All right. Well, welcome back, you guys, to the Inner Process Podcast. Today, we're talking about being stuck. And uh, we realize that there are a lot of ways that we could take that and that that means a lot of different things to people. So we're going to give you our take on what we're talking about with that. And you know, really like this podcast usually is, this is going to be born from all of our experiences, not only with our clients, but definitely our experiences of our own life. That never comes into play, right, Jason, on this podcast? I've never been stuck, ever. Not even once. We both have always just had things go exactly as we wanted them to, and we have always known exactly what we should do in all situations. Yeah, it's going to be a short episode, folks. Uh, we have maybe a minute of content here. Be like Mike and Jason, and everything is fine. Everything's in reality, the opposite is really true. So we're we're trying to actually do this podcast so that you won't be like us. This is that's the bitter irony of all of this. That's, so. that's how most of this is learned: is experience yeah. what not to do. We we are you know trying to save you time and trouble. That's right. First, what does stuck mean to you? I mean, when you think about that word, what is that? When I think of stuck, to me, it's usually an emotional or mental process, right? It is something that I'm trying to figure out that I can't figure out, or I'm in a place where I'm emotionally either holding something or I'm experiencing something and I'd rather not be, or even I think, and this is a dangerous word, but I think I shouldn't be. And so I'm wanting to move out of that place and yet can't get any traction. So for me, that's usually my experience of that. I don't know. Is that similar for you? Something different? For me, at least it's a, it's a real feeling and it's not a feeling I particularly enjoy for that matter, but it is this feeling of not knowing what to do next, being overwhelmed, you know, really for me, it's being eight years old, Zelda, Nintendo, no idea how to pass the final level. I made it there. It was a ton of work. I think I'm 72 hours in on a Saturday. I have to go to bed soon and I don't know what to do. This is true. This is a true story. So I'm just trying over and over again. And this is way before cool stuff like you could look up on the internet how to cheat. Right. But it's just this I'm sweating. I have no idea. I'm just stuck. And it's kind of a funny example, but it's what I always think of is just like this feeling of being this kid that just has no idea how to do it. Yeah, I think that that's a really good example, because I think in our adult lives, that's exactly what it is. Right. But just just make it about adult things. Right. Whether it's Mm -hmm. a job I'm in that I would rather not be or um, a relationship I'm in that I don't know if I should be 
Or to your point, I'm experiencing an emotion that I'm not sure I should or that I don't want to, but I still am. And so what do I do with that? For me, it's still Zelda. I actually have still just never passed it. I every Literally Saturday still working on Zelda. <laughs> still working on. I did well, make it through. It was tough though, uh, but I have since tried very hard to avoid that feeling. And yes. I think a lot of us do that. It's just it's it's not a good feeling. And so sometimes we don't even set our sights very high because it allows us to avoid what we perceive could lead to that feeling. I think that's true. I think that we are wired to avoid ambiguity. Mm -hmm. And just the not knowing, which, you know, when you get to be an adult, one of the secrets they don't tell you when you're a kid is that there's a whole lot of ambiguity about life. There's a lot of mystery. And I think that until we can make peace with that, it's really difficult to get to these places and not know either a direction to go or what's really going on or why can't I figure this out? Because we rely so much on that. And I think it's at the end of the day, for me anyway, when I feel stuck a lot of times, it's about... I'm in this place that's mysterious and I don't necessarily know how to get out of it. And I have a belief that I should get out of it. And so then you're kind of in that vice grip at that point, right? You're caught between those two worlds and the thing is cranking and you're really feeling the pinch and the squeeze of that. Can you think of a time as an adult that you've felt that way? I mean, has there been a season of stuckness in your life? Oh, many. Let's go back to college, shall we? College is great. People laugh about this that know me now, but uh, well, they laugh a lot about a lot of things. But one of the things they laugh about is I literally had, I think it was seven majors in college. Why only seven? Well, you know, I'm an underachiever. We all know that. So, you know, I started out with one major and then I switched to another and switched to another. And, and you know, you could chalk that up to, oh, well, college kids, they don't know what they want, right? But for me, honestly, it got so perilously close to graduation that the advisor said, listen, you, you're going to have to pick a major and start taking those classes. You, you, you kind of have to figure this out. This was two years in, of course. Sure. But I felt stuck because there were many things I was interested in. And then at the same time, maybe I wasn't interested in them enough to pursue them, right? And I pursued some and they weren't really doing it for me. And so I would switch. But there was, I think, between my sophomore and junior year in college, there definitely was stuckness. And I wasn't sure what direction to pursue. And I ended up pursuing a major that's fine. And I completely see where God's hand was in that. But it's not something that I've ever used or practiced in the sense of a career, because I just honestly had to pick something and go with it. So that's a time. I mean, there have been times since then, but it, it was one of those times where it was getting to be a little bit of a critical point because if I didn't pick something, I was going to start losing time. And then now all of a sudden graduation's getting pushed off. And, you know, so it's serious for that moment anyway. Yeah. I think an element of stuckness is urgency. It you know, is. that that's part of it, or at least there's some sort of time limitation in which something needs to change, but you don't know what it is. You know, kind right. of like that advisor saying, hey, you got to figure something out. I don't care what it is. Got to pick a major. That's, I think, a huge element for us that leads to that feeling of stuckness is sort of that rush. It is. I agree with that. One of the things maybe that we talk about today is what are the blockers? What gets us stuck to the degree that we're talking about it? And I do think that probably pressure, whether it's real because it can very much be real, like in that scenario, or we apply it to ourselves, possibly unnecessarily, but pressure is one of those things because when I mean, we all know we don't 
process as well under pressure. We don't work as well. I mean, most people don't. People claim that they do, but our brains typically don't work that well. I do really well. I just, I happen to cry and shake a lot in the corner as I handle pressure. As you're getting your work done? But I do. I'm really good at it. I think in general, pressure is definitely one of those factors for sure Mm -hmm. that keeps us stuck. And certainly sometimes situations. I mean, I think really there genuinely are situations where we may be able to make a change in some way, but in that moment we can't. And I will reference this real quick. I think for those of you maybe who are just listening to this podcast and haven't listened to some of our other episodes, we do cover some some of the elements that impact being stuck in some other things. Just we've done whole shows on acceptance, for example, and how to change, like so how to move from those places that you don't want to be in. But this is different, but I do want to say we have covered some of that. Yeah, I think for me being stuck is, you know, I hate to say it, but I think it's usually about my unfinished business. And I think that has a lot to do with everyone's feeling of stuckness. Is it there's different things or components that are part of it? You know, I would think kind of like we talked about this element of pressure or overwhelm or fear. But I think for each of us, it's a little different. You know, every time that I've been stuck, I think it's been about something that I, I either struggled to do well or hadn't done well that I needed to to get through it. You know, mm-hmm. one of those examples would be, I remember I had dropped out of college, made a series of just terrible choices all around financially with school, all these things. And it kind of came to a head where in order to fix it, I was going to have to be consistent. And mm-hmm. I had just never really been consistent. And so I felt more stuck than ever, not because the answer or the solution was something that was unknown to me, but it was just something I hadn't done before. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's kind of how it is for people or do you see it differently? No, I think that's true. Absolutely. I think certainly, I mean, you said this at the beginning, but the experience piece is an important part of this. But I also think too, along with that, I don't know how you navigated through that, but I think sometimes we experience the mystery or the ambiguity. We're not sure which direction to take. And even if we're not making the best choices, I think it's sometimes what we bring to that, that causes the stuckness, right? And so I don't mean that everything can be reframed in this sense, but in some ways, I think with being stuck, sometimes we maybe need to take a step back and say, well, while this is unpleasant and I would like this to be different, Maybe I'm not stuck. Maybe this is the process that I need to go through to actually kind of arrive at a more healthy place. But I mean, so much of it is in the process itself. We don't like that. We want to plan out what point B is. We're at point A and we want to go A to B in as direct a linear fashion as we can go. And in reality, it's a much windier road than that. And it takes longer. If you go and take a drive in the mountains, as I do in North Carolina, you're only going three miles, but it takes you 37 minutes because, you know, of all the switchbacks that it takes to get there. But at the same time, there's a lot of beautiful scenery along the way if you just allow for the fact that it may take a while and not necessarily enjoy the process because I think sometimes it's just not going to be enjoyable. But let it be okay that it takes longer than I would want, right? Because I would like to get in the car have them have blasted tunnels straight through, straight line through the mountains. That'd be horrible for the scenery. So I think it is sometimes about what we're bringing to the process of the mystery and the ambiguity. Like, you know, I feel this very much. I want this figured out and I want it figured out today. Or 
I don't want to especially feel this way I'm feeling. And so I want to get out of this today. And I think that absolutely we should work at that. But at the same time, sometimes I think it's about, well, but maybe though, there's something God's teaching me in the process itself. And so maybe I need to tolerate what I'm experiencing and not knowing, which I think is really hard for us. Absolutely. I'm just thinking about South Dakota. We really don't have mountains. So we just drive. You just drive straight. See, that would be great. I'd love that. Pretty easy. But I'm with you, right? I mean, I think that's a romantic sounding idea, Mike, but I think it's true is that there could be beauty in the process and beauty in even having some difficulty and sticking with it for a while because we don't always know exactly what is happening. You know, we may feel stuck. And I think you're really kind of capturing, though, a point that I think is important about this, which is just taking a step. So a lot of times our stuckness comes from overcomplicating or coming up with this idea that what is required is too much, when in reality, you just have to start doing something most of the time. Yeah, It may not solve it instantly, but usually just a little bit of action can gain momentum and we start to get out of that. I agree with that. And I think going back to some of the other things that we've talked about, I think the mistake there sometimes is I'm going to take this big swing and take this mm. big action. And then that's going to catapult me out of this thing. In reality, most of the time, it does not work like that. It is the smaller steps that we can take. It makes for great movies. It makes for great movies. You know, cinematically, that is the way to solve any problem is you make this True. grand gesture or you, the world is going to be destroyed and we need to create a rocket. And, you know, there's all this stuff. But I, I think in real life where you have to keep living it, there often aren't a lot of places where you need a grand gesture as much as you just need a little bit of movement. Yeah. And I always like in movies when, you know, the character is stuck and then they look over at the table and the vase is there and you can see it in their eyes. They have this epiphany. And then from there, they run out the door and start making these changes. And Oh, they don't just run out the door and buy a vase. That's not, that's not what that's about. The vase triggered the grand epiphany and it's, it's ridiculous. I think sometimes we buy into that myth, though, that if I just look in the right direction, the whole thing will open to me and I will understand and I will either not feel this way or I will know what decision to make or you know whatever the case may be. And in reality, I like what you're saying because I think it is not that most of the time. I think it is, well, I'm staring at the vase and that's just a vase. That's it. No grand epiphany is coming. And so instead of that, What is a little thing I can do today that just is going to be a healthy thing that at the same time might also keep me moving through this process? I think that's way healthier of an approach when we're feeling stuck. And I will say, too, along with that, I don't know if this is true for you, but sometimes when I'm stuck, it's also because I'm not using my community very well. You know, I got a lot of things going on inside me. I'm not really probably talking about those with people like I should. And so I'm just trying to figure things out on my own. And that doesn't work for us. I know it's scary and it feels vulnerable to put stuff out there to people, but I think we need to reach out and get feedback. Sometimes I think that's probably a really important part of the process. I mean, as a therapist, you can maybe relate, but one of my favorite things is the one session cure where someone comes in and they're just stuck beyond belief, but they haven't talked to anyone. And so they say, okay, Here's this issue. I'm, I'm really, there's an obstacle. I'm stuck. I have no idea what to do. And just hearing someone else's opinion, even sometimes when they're like, Jason, that's not something I would do that's way off. 
that even just hearing someone else kind of breathe into that a little bit gets them unstuck. Yes. It, it's, it's great. Have you experienced that then when a client's just like, oh man, I actually, like, I don't ever need to come back again, or I don't need to come back for a while. Hey, they're just firing me nicely. But most <laughs> of the time, it just is so wonderful to see that really all they needed was a little community around the issue. That's right. I think that, and I mean, through time, and this is for me too, but also for clients, um, you know, they're, they're mulling over and chewing on something and they come in as they talk about it, nothing from me. I'm just listening, but you can see them starting to put pieces together. And this is true for me too. Like I'm talking about it with you or my wife or other friends and it starts to make more sense, even just kind of putting it Mm -hmm. out, I think. So I think that's a really important part of the process. It's just, I think we tend maybe in general not to do that really well. I think sometimes we don't want to let people into the fact that we don't have it all figured out which ironically keeps us more stuck. Seems vulnerable. Yes. I think that's the key with that. Now, it's not always the case. I mean, sometimes situations just are difficult situations. And as much as we talk about them, we're still not going to have great clarity in that moment. And maybe we're not supposed to. Maybe we we just kind of have to learn how to tolerate that situation at that moment. And that's where maybe to go back to this, I think in those moments when there really probably isn't something that we can change in that moment, that's where we do our acceptance piece. And maybe we reframe being stuck um, to something that is more healthy. Like, you know what? This doesn't feel good. I wish it weren't. And I wonder what I can learn or maybe what God is trying to teach me in this. I think that's probably the process there. That sounds awfully positive, Mike. Awfully positive, but I'm with you. I mean, I'm glad to say something that can bring us down if you want. I've got those things too. I wish you would. I'll give you a minute. You'll you'll swing back around. You'll come back around. I'll come back around. I had a weird moment of positivity for me. Yeah, that's what that was. <laughs> we are recording this, so we'll save it. We'll save oh, it no. to remember Great. that yeah. we had that moment that day. We'll bookmark it. Remember that one <laughs> time that you were positive? It was odd, but he really was. He really was. But I think you're right. I mean, I think at, at best, if we can see something as an opportunity um, for growth is probably where we take something away. You know, so out of yeah. that stuckness, you know, I talked about maybe for me, that was an opportunity at one point to learn consistency or maybe mm-hmm. it's practice acceptance or maybe it's to uh, find community. I mean, some people find community that's lifelong just trying to get unstuck. And so... Yeah. You know, if we were to be positive, which I know is a little risky, but if we were to be positive about this, I think it could be an opportunity for something. I very much agree. I mean, I think you and I both really buy into that. We certainly don't practice it all the time, but we really believe it. I think it is an opportunity. And maybe if we can go through the process of seeing it that way, it makes it a little bit more tolerable as we're going through it because it's unpleasant. I mean, we want to be real about this. It's, It's not fun to be stuck. It's not fun to, to live in the mysterious. I mean, we want to know. That's, I think, the way we're wired is to know. And so when we're in those places where we don't, it's difficult. That's, mm-hmm. that's the reality of it. But I think there are ways to both move through that period, like we we're talking about, but also when we truly cannot, to maybe embrace it for the season that it is. And in that way, maybe get really, like you're saying, grow from it, which I think there's a lot of beauty in. And it's really important to be able to do that as a life skill. 
Absolutely. And I think we'll talk more about there are some things that happen sometimes in our life that the stuckness is lasting, you know, so maybe there is not an immediate way out, or maybe the opportunity is one that's going to be over the course of years or months, not days. And so we'll talk more about that in another episode. But I think just if I could tell people something about being stuck, I think it would just be to, to try to see it as an opportunity for something and to try to put a finger on what is it that I could learn from this if I learned something. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Okay. And also, if anyone knows how to pass Zelda last level, I seriously... Please send him an email. I'm, I'm actually sick of him talking about Zelda. It's like every conversation. Jody's so tired of it. Jody's been hiding the Nintendo. She's like, dude, we can't. I'm not giving you the Nintendo back. It's too old for this crap. All right. Well, thank you so much, Mike. We'll talk to everybody next week. We hope that you enjoyed this week's episode. Mike and I would also like to ask that if you've been enjoying the podcast, could you share it with a friend? We've loved getting all the feedback and comments thus far. Thanks.